That's it. <laughs> right. But for that person sharing the gospel with me, perhaps I wouldn't be here today. We're standing here before you. And that's true. And that person who shared the gospel, whose name I can remember, I can tell you nothing else about her. She was a student at Oxford at the time. What her life went on to do and what God did in her life, I have absolutely no idea. And likewise, she probably has no idea where God was leading me at the time. But we shared the gospel. Like many, I asked plenty of questions, but there we go. So as we come to this wonderful and massive subject tonight about sharing the gospel, let us first turn to God's word. And I've chosen to read a few verses from Philemon. That's just after uh, Timothy and Titus, if you're trying to find them towards the back of the, the, the Bible there, and before Hebrews. Before Hebrews, yeah. So Philemon, there's no chapters, just verses, <laughs> 1 to 7. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow labourer, to the beloved Ephia, Archivus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayer, prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward, toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. May God add his blessing to those words. The gospel, the good news that Jesus came to save and to reconcile us to God. The Jesus who came for our forgiveness and provide for our salvation. This Jesus who brought good news. And this is the matter for tonight. How do I share the gospel? No one is questioning that we, haven't, that we don't have to share the gospel. We all know that we should go and tell everyone the good news. But no one is entirely comfortable doing so. Well, it's the minister's job, isn't it? Where is the minister when you need him? Well, it's the teacher's job. Where's the teacher when you need him? Or if it's not their job, it must be the elder's job. Or the deacon's job. They get mentioned in the Bible, so it must be their responsibility. Or it must be Superman's job to be there right at the moment that you need someone to explain the gospel to somebody else. Can't be me, can it? Can it be me who has to share the gospel? Yes, it is you who has to share the gospel. And God wants to use you to share that gospel. 
because just like we address Paul addresses Philemon here, because we're beloved friends and fellow laborers together. And that term can be applied to any active Christian, that we're all in it together, we're all trying to share with one another and be active in the Lord's name. We can't be just an observer. We can't just stand by and hope it all happens around us. But Philemon, he's just an ordinary person. There's no personal details. He doesn't, he's been there a Christian for 40 years. He doesn't say anything about him. It's just a name of a person who seems to have a church in his house. That's all we know about him. He may have been a pastor. He may have been a minister. He may have been a deacon. He may have been Superman. All of those things. But he was just an ordinary friend, someone who followed Jesus. But there are so many methods of how to share the gospel. Michael. Would you like to step forward and sit in the chair there, please? Face the front. <laughs> you know you're going to hell, don't you? Unless you believe in the gospel, or you'll be burning in hell forevermore. You know that, don't you? And of course, there's always the old-fashioned treatment. You shall believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> what shall you believe in, Michael Stanky? The Lord Jesus Christ shall bless you. <laughs> yes. I've heard you say you must beat it into him. <laughs> right, thanks, Michael. That's fine. <laughs> Anybody else want to turn while she's got the opportunity? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> but there are so many ways of sharing the gospel. And I don't have the perfect answer. I'm not going to stand up here and say, this is the way you shall do it. Because it, for all of us, we're all different people. We all have different personalities and different ways of addressing things. So we're just going to watch now a short YouTube clip of somebody saying, how do you, express the, how do you explain the gospel? I've typed up on the notes from Greg Steer here what he actually says as the way they approach it, but I just thought it was a different way of looking at it rather than me spouting about it. So that's fine. So if you want to pick the video up.
It's Greg Steer. I'm the founder of Dare to Share, and we train teenagers how to share their faith, how to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the things I've noticed is a lot of teens, and adults for that matter, don't share their faith because they don't exactly know how. They don't know how to bring it up. How do you actually get into a spiritual conversation? Or maybe they know how to bring it up, but they don't know how to explain the gospel. So I'm going to give you a very quick crash course in how to share the gospel. So how do you bring it up? It starts with a simple strategy called ask, admire, admit. You ask questions. You get to know somebody. Jesus asked a lot of questions. Uh, we need to ask a lot of questions. We need to love people by listening to them and uh, kind of find out who they are, what they're about. And then you can take the turn towards spiritual subjects. You know, do you go to church anywhere? Or do you have a spiritual background, a religion that you uh, believe? And, and as they begin to share, you find areas you can admire. For instance, maybe they're a Mormon. Say, well, you know what? I, man, I really appreciate you guys focus on the family. Or see your missionaries everywhere, hard at work. Instead of starting an argument, find areas you can admire. And then finally admit the reason you're a Christian is you're so messed up. You needed someone to save you, and that someone is Jesus. And right there, you can tell your story of how you came to Jesus, and then you can share the gospel story. And at Dare to Share, we use a simple acrostic that I would really challenge you to memorize, all right? Because it walks you through the whole gospel story. G-O-S-P-E-L. G, God created us to be with Him. God loves us. He cares about us. He made us to be in a relationship with Him. And that, oh, our sins separate us from God. Because we sin, we're separated from God. He's pure and holy and righteous, and we're not. And there's a wall between us and a holy God. And that S, sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Uh, you know, you can try living a good life and going to church, uh, but it just covers up our sinfulness. It's like putting white frosting on a burnt cake. P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. That Jesus died in our place for our sins on the cross. It's almost as though if you're walking across the street and a truck's coming at you 100 miles an hour and, and somebody sees you're about to get hit, you don't notice that truck, they run out, they push you out of the way and boom, the truck hits them instead. They would have died in your place. In the same way, the wrath of God was headed at us, but Jesus pushed us out of the way and he took the hit instead of us. He died in our place for our sins on the cross and he rose again. Now E, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. It's not about trying, it's by trusting. It's not a matter of good deeds, it's a matter of what Jesus has done on the cross. So you trust in him, you receive everlasting life. And L, life with Jesus starts now, lasts forever. You enter into a personal, permanent relationship with God. So walk through the gospel, and then two closing questions. Number one, does that make sense? Uh, if it doesn't, explain it again. If it does, move on to the next question. Then is there anything holding you back right now from putting your faith in Jesus? If there is, deal with that something. Try to help them navigate through that. If there's not, right then and there, they can put their faith and trust in Jesus. You can lead them uh, through a prayer if you'd like, saying a prayer doesn't save anybody, but it's a nice way to kind of put an explanation point on the gospel of telling God today, I believed in Jesus. And obviously after that, we want to get them plugged into church and growing in their faith, not because they have to to go to heaven, but because they're going to heaven. So how do you bring it up? Ask, admire, admit. Memorize the G-O-S-P-E-L, go through the gospel. Those two closing questions, does that make sense? Is there anything holding you back right now from putting your faith in Jesus? So now you got a crash course in sharing your faith. Now I challenge you, go and share the good news. I was brought up on this one, Journey into Life. It's a bit of a glossy thing, it used to be a red cover. Angus, can you show the next slide, please? That's it, I don't know if you'll be able to see that on there clearly. That's a little book here. This is again, you, you Matter. 
I, I quite like the thing, it's a baby to start with, and of course us in our decrepit age, age group at the end. I'm, so it just says, I've cared for you. You can be included in God's, the promises of God. I've cared for you from the time you were born. I am your God and will take care of you until you're old and your hair is grey. And I made you and will care for you and I will give you help and rescue you. He looks pretty bereft there on his boat. <laughs> but again, things, plenty of information, little books to give away. Or the question, where do you stand with God? Have things. Key Bible verses. The other version, the other one which I've just called version on this handout, which I did to go with uh, Greg Steer's thing. I've had that written in my Bible for years. I can't tell you where it came from. But again, it's a stepping through and, and somewhere where you can point people to the different texts in the Bible. But in terms, God loves you and offers a wonderful plan for your life. Man is sinful and separated from God. Thus you cannot know and experience God's plan for your life. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. Therefore, through Jesus, you can know and experience God's love and plan for your future. And you must personally receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord. Then you will know God's plan for your life. So similar. All things which we can use to share the gospel. Give them away. You know that game we play as children? Or we play with our grandkids or children. And you get dandelions which are seeded in the garden. It all blows. All those little verses of the Bible, all those nice things you do to share the gospel. And it can go out. That's another picture of sharing the gospel. But if you want to share... We're going in and out again, Angus. Right, I'll, I'll stand still as best I can. <laughs> But do you really believe in your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour? Do you believe in this product which you're trying to sell to somebody else? Yes, you can see it and you can read about it, but do you really know it and can you really experience it? And do you know it in your joy that it means so much to you, that it's so important that you want to share it with somebody else? You know, how do you sell ice to the Eskimos? We've got plenty of it, but they still need more. And to the Arabs, to use the old phrases. And the story comes to mind of a, of a shoe salesman who was sent to an African country. And he went, and he realized in this particular country that nobody wore shoes. There were no opportunities. Whereas somebody else who went out with the same idea, the salesman, said there was plenty of shoes. Nobody wore shoes. Everybody would need a pair of shoes. Great opportunity to sell them. But it's the same thing. No one believes in Jesus Christ. We can go out and share them. Opportunities to share. And often when we come to Christ, we face this question, how is this going to change my life? What's going to make things different? What is our experience? Can we relate what we're trying to tell to people where we come from ourselves? And everybody has a tale to tell about where they started from and where they've got to today and how God's used them or how God's provided for them. Someone else suggested in, in trying to explain why we should give away the gospel, how we should share the gospel, that all believers have been called by Jesus to be what he called ticket masters. 
you know, get the old book out with the tickets in. You can number them if you want. And the God sent Jesus, his son, to the lost. So Jesus is sending us out to finish the job. Here's a bunch of tickets. Go and give them all away to the people. Go and give this good news away. Don't be stingy. There's plenty of tickets to go around. They won't run out. There'll be endless supply. And just imagine when you get up to heaven and one day, and maybe the same applies to the person who brought me to Christ. You know what? They might come and find you and say, if you hadn't given me that ticket or told me about the gospel all those years ago, I might not have been here today. Jesus said in Matthew, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And let's face it, if we're trying to share the gospel, what's the worst which can happen in our society? They can only say no. You know, literally they can only say no. But in Philemon, it's interesting to note that this was a model church of sorts. Good things were happening in this particular church. Paul had heard about it, and Timothy had heard about this church, which was meeting together in a house, and it was peaceful, and they were, making mention, they were being mentioned about and talked about, and everybody had heard of their love and their faith, which they had towards the Lord Jesus Christ and to all the saints. And they were sharing their faith with one another. And they become very effective at doing so. And the church was growing. And they acknowledged everything which was good through Jesus Christ. But not everybody within their congregation was perfect. It's a story, if we read on in Philemon, of how to reconcile an offended master to his runaway servant. It's the main part of the tale. It's what Paul writes, goes on to write and say, hoping that Onesimus would be brought back and that Philemon would accept him. But it's a lovely pastoral piece about a reconciliation, how that man is received back into the church despite having done something which was very wrong. A glorious outcome. And in some ways it's like the gospel story. Somebody who's come to reconcile ourselves back to the Lord Jesus Christ. That somebody's been come to say, will you welcome these people back to the cross? And it's all done with kindness, persuasiveness and gentleness and true affection. That people can come and experience that. And it is done in love, isn't it? Everything we do when we come to bring the message of the gospel to somebody, not done for ourselves, but done out of love, because we love the person we're trying to share with. In Corinthians, in the famous passage about love, it says, and now abide faith, hope, love. These three but the greatest of these is love. And sometimes we feel that we must share the gospel because of our faith. We have great faith. We know where we stand, but where do others stand? But in lots of ways, it's actually about our love for our neighbor. The love which we have for Christ points us to love our neighbors 
verse 5 of Philemon, they hear about the love and faith which they have towards the Lord Jesus Christ and towards all the saints. And in Philippians, and Paul again writes, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ. That our love may abound for our neighbour and for our fellow citizen. In Philemon verse 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you. The acknowledgement of your faith will come through everything which is in you, in Christ Jesus. What Christ Jesus puts there. And we're instructed, aren't we, in 1 Corinthians, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you, be done, you do be done in love. I hit Michael over the head, in love. I meant it sincerely, Michael. <laughs> it's fine. But no, we do. We want to bring these people in, don't we? We don't want to lose them. The lovely story of the old lady who was concerned, I think Robert might have touched on this the other week if I'm picking up the same story. Concerned because all her friends had died and they would be concerned where she was. And she was really perturbed, worried. Well, they'll all be wondering where I've got to. Because they thought, thought they might have thought she'd gone to hell instead. But we always have this wonderful, constant niggle that we must be sharing the gospel with all the people around us. And as we do so, we can build one another up in great encouragement. But I want to challenge your perception tonight. Because we make this radical assumption that sharing the gospel, and I have done so far in all I've said, that sharing the gospel always means finding a non-Christian to share it with. Just think about that for a moment, don't we? In our approach, we always work on the basis that we've got to find a non-Christian to hit over the head with the gospel, because that's what we're meant to be doing. Jesus loves me, this I know, but I cannot share it with you because I'm already a Christian. doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? You know, so you know, sharing our faith with one another, sharing the gospel with one another, builds us all of us, builds us all up. As Calvin says, whatever is good is found in us, reveals our faith. And all the good done by Christ is in you. It is God who prepares you, it says in Hebrews. And they were refreshed as a result of their faith, joining things together. So when we come to demonstrate our faith it might be an act of charity it might be an act of giving it might be doing good for somebody it might be hospitality but all of these things have a biblical basis to enable us to share the gospel it is about each and every one of us it is about you and how you share the gospel and how sharing of our faith may become effective all are welcome. It applies to all of us. God's power, as exemplified in Philemon's faith, urges us and inspires us to give witness to Christ. 
but we still have to do it. Could you get the last slide picture, please? Okay, this is not the best of photos. It is me. Bear with me with this story. It's going to prove a point. This is a photo of me coming down a zip wire at Matthew's stag do last year. My two sons take one approach. This is Dad looking petrified. I would take a different answer and say, no, that was me concentrating, not crashing into the end of the thing. Uh, but needless to say, I'm not the best at heights. I'm fairly scared of heights. I had to overcome my fears to get up the ladder at home. But, uh, so we went zip wiring, which I've never done before. So, fine, you know, as long as you follow the instructions, you're harnessed up and you have to clip yourself on. So in theory, you cannot fall off. That's the first point to make. You cannot fall off. So you are safe. But it's not quite as straightforward as that. And they start you off doing a very short range on a very flat zip wire. And it's totally scary because you have no idea what to expect whatsoever. It might only be the distance to the back of the church or less, but you've got to land on a, a landing base at the thing. So you click yourself on and off you go. So on the particular day, I mean, over a short distance, and got a bit to it. They just got longer and longer and steeper and steeper. So I think the last one was about 500 meters over clear ground, and this is when this picture was taken. The one before was a lot more scary because it was straight through a narrow cut in the trees. But this one was in the open air. So I'm coming down. And yes, I'm gritting my teeth like concentrating to make sure that when he signaled at the end, I have to start slowing down. But the scariest thing was, is we're coming through the open air, the wind's going this way, so he's starting to go, woo, like this, right, okay. And of course, along in the legs. And I just see out of the corner of my eye a wire fence going across the field. And of course, you've got no idea of judging whether my legs are going to be shorter when I get to the bottom and I started. So I was a bit like that. So I'm tough, you know. Like that, making sure. Would I do it again? Absolutely. You know, I mean, overcome my initial fears of it. Would I do it again? So when we come to sharing the gospel, get to the point of the story now. It says in the Bible, God will give the words you have to say. Fine. So you're at the point where you're wanting to share the gospel with somebody, and you have to find the words. You're perfectly safe. Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to do anything which is going to get into deep trouble, hopefully. And however you get through it, you get there to the end, don't you? And you've shared the gospel with somebody. What an exhilaration when you have done. What an excitement there is. Would you do it again? Of course you would. It's because you've done it once and you've succeeded. You think, Great, I can share the gospel with anybody. Step out and do so. I mean, on the wire, you have to just let go, get on with it, and see where it leads. But once you've done it, just go on, carry on, keep doing it. Keep doing it. The last uh, Bible verse I chose here right at the end goes right the way back to the story of Jesus' birth. And the shepherds come into Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus in the manger as it's recorded. And the angels appearing to them and everything else. And it just says at the end of Luke chapter 2.20 there, that the shepherds returned back to the hills, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen. 
They could have kept it a secret. But they went back, singing their hearts out, glorifying and praising, no doubt with a huge glow and a smile on their face and everything else. And if we're sharing the gospel, shall we do the same? It's because we're so excited about the Lord Jesus Christ who loves each and every one of us. How do we share the gospel? Well, there's lots of ways. It's a massive question. Yes, you have to be yourself. You can't be somebody else, but the words will come. You have to start where you start. Whether you do it by rote, as we've seen, whether you do it by just an act of kindness, why did you do that? Why did that? Because Jesus loves you. However it may be, but don't keep the love of Jesus Christ and his gospel a secret. Let us pray. Lord, we just do pray this night that you will encourage us to share the gospel, not only with those who have yet to hear it, and important as it is, but also with one another, that we may be built up in our faith, have an excitement for it and a freshness for it and that we will indeed glorify and praise your name and Lord that we have confidence to do so we may at all times remember the Jesus you sent you sent in love may be saved that we may be brought back to you so Lord we just pray this night that you will help us through your spirit to share whatever opportunities come to us this week each day however small however large or however pressing that we will find the time to say wait a minute let's ask about this person's belief in the Lord Jesus Christ where do they stand with God where are they on this journey which I'm a long way through and Lord we just pray that your spirit will go before us that you will open up their hearts to receive the wonderful message of the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with all now and forever. Amen.